Section 6 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Hogarth. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, translated by Richard Burton. Section 6, 255th Night, to two hundred and fifty-seventh night. When it was the two hundred and fifty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the Badawi asked his banditti, O Arabs, was this caravan bound from Egypt for Baghdad, or from Baghdad for Egypt? They answered, Twas bound from Egypt for Baghdad, and he said, Return ye to the slain, for methinks the owner of this caravan is not dead. So they turned back to the slain, and fell to prodding and slashing them with lance and sword, till they came to Ala al-Din, who had thrown himself down among the corpses. And when they came to him, quoth they, Thou dost but feign thyself dead. But we will make an end of thee. And one of the Badawin leveled his javelin, and would have plunged it into his breast when he cried out, Save me, O my lord, Abd al-Qadir, O saint of Kilan, and behold, he saw a hand turn the lance away from his breast, so that if Kamal al-Din, the camelier, so that it pierced him, and spared himself, then the Arabs made off, and when Allah al-Din saw that the birds were flown with their godsend, he sat up, and finding no one, rose and set off running. But behold, Abu Naib, the Badawi, looked back and said to his troop, I see somewhat moving afar off, O Arabs. So one of the bandits turned back and said, Spying Allah al-Din running, call out to him, saying, Flight shall not forward thee, and we after thee. And he smote his mare, and with his heel, and she hastened after him. Then Allah al-Din, seeing before him a watering tank, and a cistern beside it, climbed up into a niche in the cistern, and stretching himself at full length, feigned to be asleep, and said, O gracious protector, cover me with the veil of thy protection, which may not be torn away. And lo, the Badawi came up to the cistern, and standing in his stirrup irons, put out his hand to lay hold of Allah al-Din. But he said, O my lady Nafisa, now is thy time. And behold, a scorpion stung the Badawi in the palm, and he cried out, saying, Help, O Arabs, I am stung. And he alighted from his mare's back. So his comrades came up to him and mounted him again, asking, What hath befallen thee? Whereto he answered, A young scorpion stung me. So they departed with the caravan. Such was their case. But as regards Allah al-Din, he tarried in the niche, and Mamad of Balk bade load his beasts, and fared forwards till he came to the lion's copse, where he found Allah al-Din's attendants all lying slain. And this he rejoiced, and went on till he reached the cistern in the reservoir. Now his mule was athirst, and turned aside to drink. But she saw Allah al-Din's shadow in the water, and shied and started. Whereupon Mamad raised his eyes, and, seeing Allah al-Din lying in the niche, stripped to his shirt and bag trousers, said to him, what man this deed to thee hath dight, and left thee in this evil plight? Answered Allah al-Din, 
the Arabs, and Mahmud said, O oh my son, the mules and the baggage were thy ransom, so do thou comfort thyself with this saying who said, If thereby man can save his head from death, his good is worth him but a slice of nail. But now, O oh my son, come down and fear no hurt. Thereupon he descended from the sister niche, and Mahmud mounted him on a mule, and they fared on until they reached Baghdad, where he brought him to his own house and carried him to the bath, saying to him, The goods and money were the ransom of thy life, O my son, but if thou wilt hearken to me, I will give thee the worth of that thou hast lost, twice told. When he came out of the bath, Mahmud carried him into a saloon, decorated with gold with four raised floors, and bade them bring a tray with all manner of meats. So they ate and drank, and Mahmud bent towards Allah al-Din to snatch a kiss from him. But he received it upon the palm of his hand and said, What dost thou persist in thy evil designs upon me? Did I not tell thee that, were I wont to sell this merchandise to other than thee for gold, I would sell it thee for silver? Quoth Mahmud, I will give thee neither merchandise, nor mule, nor clothes, save at this price. For I am gone mad for love of thee, and bless him who said, told us ascribing to his sheikhs, our sheikh Abu Bilal, these words they want to utter, unhealed the lover wounds of love desire, by kiss and clip, his only cures to futter. Allah al-Din replied, Of a truth this may never be, take back thy dress and thy mule, and open the door that I may go out. So he opened the door, and Allah al-Din fared forth and walked on, with the dogs barking at his heels, and he went forwards through the dark, when, behold, he saw the door of a mosque standing open, and, entering the vestibule, there took shelter and concealment, and suddenly a light approached him, and on examining it, he saw that it came from a pair of lanthorns borne by two slaves before two merchants. Now one was an old man of comely face, and the other a youth. And he heard the younger say to the elder, O my uncle, I conjure thee by Allah, give me back my cousin. The old man replied, Did I not forbid thee? Many a time, when the oath of divorce was always in thy mouth, as it were holy writ. Then he turned to his right, and, seeing Allah al-Din, as he were a slice of the full moon, said to him, Peace be with thee, who art thou, O my son? Quoth he, returning the salutation of peace, I am Allah al-Din, son of Shams al-Din, consul of merchants for Egypt. I besought my father for merchandise, so he packed me fifty loads of stuffs and goods. And Shahrazid perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and fifty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Allah al-Din continued. So he packed me fifty loads of goods, and gave me ten thousand dinars, wherewith I set out for Baghdad. But when I reached the lion's copse, the wild Arabs came out against me and took all my goods and monies. So I entered the city, knowing not where to pass the night. And seeing this place, I took shelter here, quoth the old man. O oh, my son, what sayest thou to my giving thee a thousand dinars, and a suit of clothes, and a mule worth other two thousand? Allah al-Din asked, To what end wilt thou give me these things, O oh, my uncle? And the other answered, this young man who accompanieth me is the son of my brother, and an only son, 
and I have a daughter called Zubaida, the lutist, an only child who is a model of beauty and loveliness. So I married her to him. Now he loveth her, but she loatheth him. And when he chanced to take an oath of triple divorcement and broke it, forthright she left him. Whereupon he egged on all the folk to intercede with me to restore her to him. But I told him that this could not lawfully be saved by an intermediate marriage. And we have agreed to make some stranger the intermediary, in order that none may taught and shame him with this affair. So as thou art a stranger, come with us, and we will marry thee to her. Thou shalt lie with her tonight, and on the morrow divorce her, and we will give thee what I said, quoth Allah al-Din to himself. By Allah, to buy the night with a bride on a bed in a house is far better than sleeping in the streets and vestibules. So he went with them to the Kazi, whose heart, as soon as he saw Allah al-Din, was moved to love him, and who said to the old man, What is your will? He replied, We wish to make this young man an intermediary husband for my daughter, but we will write a bond against him, binding him to pay down, by way of marriage settlement, ten thousand gold pieces. Now, if after passing the night with her, he divorce her in the morning, we will give him a mule, and dress each worth a thousand dinars, and a third thousand of ready money. But, if he divorce her not, he shall pay down the ten thousand dinars according to contract. So they agreed to the agreement, and the father of the bride-to-be received his bond for the marriage settlement. Then he took Allah al-Din, and, clothing him anew, carried him to his daughter's house, and there he left him standing at the door, whilst he himself went in to the young lady and said, Take the bond of thy marriage settlement, for I have wedded thee to a handsome youth by name Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat. So do thou use him with the best of usage. Then he put the bond into her hands and left her and went to his own lodging. Now the lady's cousin had an old duenna who used to visit Zubaydah, and he had done many a kindness to this woman. So he said to her, O oh, my mother, if my cousin Zubaydah see this handsome young man, she will never after accept my offer. So I would fain have thee contrive some trick to keep her and him apart. She replied, By the life of thy youth, I will not suffer him to approach her. Then she went to Allah al-Din and said to him, O oh, my son, I have a word of advice to give thee. For the love of Almighty Allah, and do thou accept my counsel, as I fear for thee men, this young woman, better thou let her lie alone, and feel not her person, not draw thee near to her. He asked, Why so? And she answered, Because her body is full of leprosy, and I dread lest she infect thy fair and seemly youth. Quoth he, I have no need of her. Thereupon she went to the lady and said the like to her of Allah al-Din, and she replied, I have no need of him, but will let him lie alone, and on the morrow he shall gang his gate. Then she called the slave girl and said to her, Take the tray of food and set it before him, and that he may sup. So the handmaid carried him the tray of food and set it before him, and he ate his fill, 
after which he sat down and raised his charming voice and fell to reciting the chapter called Y.S. The lady listened to him and found his voice as melodious as the psalms of David sung by David himself, which when she heard, she exclaimed, All the disappoint the old hag who told me that he was affected with leprosy. Surely this is not the voice of one who hath such a disease. And all was a lie against him. Then she took a lute of India land workmanship and, tuning the strings, sang to it in a voice so sweet, its music would stay the birds in the heart of heaven, and began these two couplets. I love a fawn with gentle white-black eyes, whose walk the willow wand with envy kills. Forbidding me, he bids for rival mine. Tis all his grace who grants to whom he wills. And when he heard her chant these lines, he ended his recitation of the chapter, and began also to sing and repeated the following couplet. My salam to the fawn in the garments concealed, and to roses in gardens of cheek revealed. The lady rose up, and when she heard this, her inclination for him redoubled, and she lifted the curtain, and Allah al-Din, seeing her, recited these two couplets. She shineth forth, a moon and bends, a willow wand, and breathes out ambergris and gazes, a gazelle. Meseems as if grief loved my heart, and when from her, estrangement I abide, possession to it fell. Thereupon she came forward, swinging her haunches and gracefully swaying a shape, the handiwork of him whose boons are hidden, and each of them stole one glance of the eyes that cost them a thousand sighs. And when the shafts of these two regards, which met rankled in his heart, he repeated these two couplets. She spied the moon of heaven, reminding me of nights, when met we in the meadows lean. True, both saw moons, but sooth to say, it was her very eyes I saw, and she my eyne. And when she drew near him, and there remained but two paces between them, he recited these two couplets. She spread three tresses of unplaited hair one night, and showed me nights, not one but four, and faced the moon of heaven with her brow, and showed me twofold moons in single hour. And as she was hard by him, he said to her, Keep away from me, lest thou infect me. Whereupon she uncovered her wrist to him, and he saw that it was cleft, as it were in two halves, by its veins and sinews, and its whiteness was as whiteness of virgin silver. Then said she, Keep away from me, thou, for thou art stricken with leprosy, and maybe thou wilt infect me. He asked, Who told thee I was a leper? And she answered, The old woman so told me. Quoth he, Twas she told me also that thou wast inflicted with white scurvy? And so saying, he bared his forearms and showed her that his skin was also like virgin silver. Thereupon she pressed him to her bosom, and he pressed her to his bosom, and the twain embraced with closest embrace. Then she took him, and lying down on her back, let down her petticoat trousers, and in an instant, which his father had left him, rose up in rebellion against him, and he said, Go it, O Shaith Zachary of Shagri, O father of veins. And putting both hands to her flanks, he set the sugar stick to the mouth of the cleft, and thrust on, till he came to the wicket called Pecton. His passage was by the gate of victories, and therefrom he entered the Monday market, 
and those of Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and finding the carpet after the measure of the day's floor, he plied the box within its cover till he came to the end of it. And when morning dawned, he cried to her, Alas, for delight which is not fulfilled, the raven taketh it and flieth away. She asked, What meaneth this saying? And he answered, O oh, my lady, I have but this hour to abide with thee. Quoth she, Who saith so? And quoth he, Thy father made me give him a written bond to pay ten thousand dinars to thy wedding settlement, and except I pay it this very day, they will imprison me for debt in the Kazi's house, and now my hand lacketh one half dirham of the sum. She asked, O oh, my lord, is the marriage bond in thy hand or in theirs? And he answered, O oh, my lady, in mine, but I have nothing. She rejoined, The matter is easy, fear thou nothing. Take these hundred dinars, and I had more. I would give thee what thou lackest. But of a truth, my father, of his love for my cousin, hath transported all his goods, even to my jewelry from my lodging to his. But when they send thee a surgeant of the ecclesiastical court, and Shahrazid perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and fifty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the young lady rejoined to Allah al-Din, And when they send thee at an early hour a surgeant of the ecclesiastical court, and the Kazi and my father bid thee divorce me, do thou reply. But what law is lawful, and right, that I should marry at nightfall and divorce in the morning, then kiss the Kazi's hand and give him a present, and in like manner kiss the assessor's hands and give each of them ten gold pieces, so they will all speak with thee, and if they ask thee, Why dost thou not divorce her and take the thousand dinars and the mule and suit of clothes, according to contract duly contracted? Do thou answer, Every hair of her head is worth a thousand ducats to me, and I will never put her away, neither will I take a suit of clothes, nor aught else. And if the Kadzi say to thee, Then pay down the marriage settlement, do thou reply, I am short of cash at this present, whereupon he and the Cessors will deal in friendly fashion with thee, and allow thee time to pay. Now whilst they were talking, behold, the Kadzi's officer knocked at the door, so Allah al-Din went down, and the man said to him, Come, speak thee, Effendi, for thy father-in-law summoneth thee. So Allah al-Din gave him five dinars, and said to him, O summoner, by what law am I bound to marry at nightfall, and divorce next morning? The surgeon answered, By no law of ours at all, at all, and if thou be ignorant of the religious law, I will act as thine advocate. Then they went to the divorce court, and the Kazi said to Allah al-Din, Why dost thou not put away the woman, and take what falleth to thee by the contract? Hearing this, he went up to the Kazi, and kissing his hand, put fifty dinars in it, and said, O oh, our lord the Kazi, by what law is it lawful and right that I should marry at nightfall, and divorce in the morning in my own despite? The Kazi answered, Divorce as compulsion, and by force is sanctioned by no school of the Muslims. Then said the young lady's father, If thou wilt not divorce, pay me the ten thousand dinars, her marriage settlement. Quoth Allah al-Din, Give me a delay of three days. But the Kazi said, Three days is not enough, he shall give thee ten. 
So they agreed to this, and bound him after ten days either to pay the dowry or to divorce her. And after consenting, he left them, and taking meat and rice and clarified butter, and what else of food he needed, returned to the house and told the young woman all that had passed. Whereupon she said, Twixt night and day, wonders may display, and Allah, bless him for his say. Be mild when rage shall come to afflict thy soul, be patient when calamity breeds ire. Look ye, the nights are big with child by time, whose pregnancy bears wondrous things in dire. Then she rose and made ready food and brought the tray, and they too ate and drank and were merry and mirthful. Presently, Allah al-Din besought her to let him hear a little music. So she took the lute and played a melody, and had made the hardest stone dance for glee. And the strings cried out in present ecstasy, O oh, loving one! After which she passed from the adagio into the presto in a livelier measure. As they thus spent their leisure in joy and jollity, and mirth and merriment, behold, there came a knocking at the door, and she said to him, Go see who is at the door. So he went down and opened it, and finding four dervishes standing without, said to them, What want ye? They replied, O oh, my lord, we are foreign and wandering religious mendicants, the vines of whose souls are music and dainty verse, and we would fain take our pleasure with thee this night till morning cloth appear, when we will wend our way, and with Almighty Allah be thy reward. For we adore music, and there is not one of us but knoweth by heart store of odes and songs and ritornellos. He answered, There is one I must consult. And he returned and, and told Zabaida, who said, Open the door to them. So he brought them up, and made them sit down, and welcomed them. Then he fetched them food, but they would not eat, and said, O, oh, our Lord, our meat is to repeat Allah's name in our hearts, and to hear music with our ears. And bless him who saith, Our aim is only converse to enjoy, and eating joyeth only cattle kind. And just now we heard pleasant music in thy house, but when we entered, it ceased and fain would we know whether the player was a slave girl, white or black, or a maiden of good family. He answered, It was this my wife, and told them all that had befallen him, adding, Verily, my father-in-law hath bound me to pay a marriage settlement of ten thousand dinars for her. And they have given me ten days' time, said one of the dervishes. Have no care, and think of naught but good, for I am sheik of the convent, and have forty dervishes under my orders. I will presently collect from them the ten thousand dinars, and thou shalt pay thy father-in-law the wedding settlement. But now bid thy wife make us music, that we may be gladdened and pleasured, for to some folk music is meat, to others medicine, and to others refreshing as a fan. Now the four dervishes were none other than the caliph Haran al-Rashid, his ozir Jafar la Burmasid, Abu al-Nawaz al-Hassan, son of Hani, and Mazrur the sorter, and the reason of their coming to the house was that the caliph, being heavy at heart, had summoned his minister and said, O wazir, it is our will to go down to the city and pace its streets, for my breast is sore straitened. So they all four donned dervish dress, and went down and walked about, till they came to that house where, hearing music, they were minded to know the cause. They spent the night in joyance and harmony, and telling tale after tale until morning dawned, when the caliph laid an hundred gold pieces under the prayer carpet, and all taking leave of Allah al-Din, 
went their way. Now, when Zabida lifted the carpet, she found beneath it the hundred dinars, and she said to her, her husband, Take these hundred dinars, which I have found under the prayer carpet. Assuredly, the dervishes, when about to leave us, laid them there, without our knowledge. So Allah al-Din took the money and, repairing to the market, bought therewith meat and rice and clarified butter and all they required. And when it was night, he lit the wax candles and said to his wife, The mendicants, it's true, have not brought the ten thousand dinars which they promised me, but indeed they are poor men. As they were talking, behold, the dervishes knocked at the door, and she said, Go down and open to them. So he did her bidding, and bringing them up, said to them, Have you brought me the ten thousand dinars you promised me? They answered, We have not been able to collect aught thereof as yet, but fear nothing. Inshallah, tomorrow we will compound for thee some alchemical cookery. But now bid thy wife play us her very best pieces and gladden our hearts, for we love music. So she took her lute and made them such melody that it caused the hardest rocks to dance with glee. And they passed the night in mirth and merriment, converse and good cheer, till morn appeared with its sheen and shone, when the caliph laid in hundred gold pieces under the prayer carpet and all, after taking leave of Allah al-Din, went their way. And they ceased not to visit him thus every night for nine nights, and each morning the caliph put in hundred dinars under the prayer carpet, till the tenth night, when they came not. Now the reason of their failure to come was that the caliph had sent to a great merchant, saying to him, Bring me fifty loads of stuffs, such as come from Cairo. And Shahrazid perceived the dawn of day, and sees saying her permitted say. End of section 6. Recording by John Hogarth, Beijing, China.